come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you uh, for our Savior and our Lord, that he is Lord of all, that he is Lord of everything, that and he, at his name every knee must bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. And I thank you, Father, that he is Lord and that he's a good Lord and that he's a patient Lord and that he's a loving Lord. And Father, as we turn to your word today, I thank you that we are not alone, that we're not left to what uh, I could figure out or what I could think, but Father, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding are enlightened by your spirit, that you make your word real to us and come alive to us. Father, I thank you for the power of your word, that your word penetrates and goes beyond our natural human reasoning. And I thank you, Father, uh, for every one of us that hear your word spoken today. I ask, Father, that you'll open our spiritual ears to hear, that we will hear in our hearts what your spirit and your word is declaring and speaking to us and speaking over us and speaking about us. Father, we thank you for the power of your word, that your word is so powerful, that it penetrates deep within us, so deep within us that it helps us to separate and it does separate our mind, will, and emotions from our spirit. And Father, that as we receive your word, the very thoughts and intents of our heart are revealed so that, Father, we can make heart decisions and heart declarations and approach you by our spirits, for you are a spirit. Father, we thank you for the power of your spirit. We thank you, Father, that when we turn in our spirits to you, the Father of spirits, that we, we turn to all life and we turn to all health and we turn to all ability and we turn to a bright hope and a bright future. And Father, I thank you for the future of every person listening right now, that your plans for every one of us are not evil, they're not to hurt us, they're not to push us away, but they're to bring us in. And Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed that we could come close and we could come near and we could actually become your sons and your daughters and live in, in your family and live in your house and be protected by your hand of blessing and your hand of protection. And Father, that you'd look upon us and you'd protect us and that you love us the same way that you love Jesus. Oh, what a wonder, what amazement. How can it be that you would love someone like us? Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you have paid the price that we could come to you and be near you and come into your family. We thank you. We could never thank you enough for the blood of Jesus and the power of the name of Jesus that stops all the forces of darkness that may come against us. We thank you, Father for freedom in Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you. We lift up to you the leaders of our nation, the president and his administration, the House and the Senate, the judiciary. Father, every branch of government. Father, we ask, we thank you for your wisdom being available to them. Father, we pray that they would be able to discern and to know what are God ideas and what are man's ideas, what are God thoughts and what are man's thoughts. Father, we pray that in this time of uh, plague and uh, disease, Father, that your wisdom would stand pure and bright above the thoughts of man, above the ways of the world. Father, that they would make, be able to make a clear distinction and a clear decision to follow your wisdom and your purpose. And Father, I thank you that COVID-19 has to bow its knee to the name of Jesus. We declare the name of Jesus over this nation, over 
over every nation on the earth. Father, we thank you. We thank you for freedom from COVID-19 in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for all of the governors and all of the state authorities. Father, that you give them wisdom that they would be um, quick to follow your wisdom and slow to uh, act in pride and slow to try to dominate and find their place in the world and their their uh, wisdom and their uh, glory in the world, but that, Father, they would draw back from that and they would enter into uh, your wisdom and your plan and your purpose. And, Father, we pray that every leader of every nation and every city and every state would make decisions that would promote the spread of the only only antidote which is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in every nation and every tribe and every tongue among every group of people father that the name of Jesus would be glorified and magnified not the name of COVID-19 of the devil we thank you for the name of Jesus that is our deliverance in Jesus name we pray amen Amen. Well, turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to be focusing on Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, but I'm going to begin reading. Well, I'll read Hebrews 3, 1 and 2 first, and then I'll go and give some context from Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 1 and 2. But verse, uh, verse 1 of chapter 3 says, uh, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, or you could say our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all of his house. Now let me uh, turn over in my notes to some other translations. Amplified translation says, So then, brethren, consecrated and set apart for God, who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest who confessed, who we, whom we confessed as, I was going to say who confessed our sins, but he, we confess our sins, right? <laughs> whom he, we confessed as ours when we embraced the Christian faith. Weiss translation says, Therefore, brethren, set apart ones for God and His service, participants in the effectual summons from heaven into salvation, consider attentively and thoughtfully the ambassador and high priest of our confession, Jesus, who is faithful to the one who appointed Him. A couple other translations. Listen to this. You're going to love this. This is the message translation. Oh, it's going away. Hallelujah. Okay. Whoa, it's changing size. It's got a mind of its own. Hallelujah. Message translation. So my dear Christian friends, companions in following this call to the heights, take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe. Take a good hard look at Jesus. He is the centerpiece of everything that we believe. And so that's what we're going to do today is we are going to be taking a good, hard look at Jesus, the centerpiece of everything we believe. And I have found that the Word of God, after these many years of following the Lord, these many years of being in full-time ministry, I have found out this truth that you want to write down and you want to never, ever forget, and that is the Bible is true. Take a good hard look at Jesus. He's the centerpiece of everything we believe. The more I see Jesus, the more I see the will of God. 
the more I see Jesus, the more I see and understand the plan of God. The more I see Jesus, the more I see and understand and comprehend and become acquainted with the love of God. The more I see Jesus, the more I see and comprehend and understand and become acquainted with the authority of God over everything else that is contrary to His Word. Jesus is the interpretation or the essence or the manifestation or He is God in the flesh. And so if you see Jesus, you will see what God is like. If you want to see what God is like, Look at Jesus. He is the author. He is the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. All right. Uh, I got stuck on message, but let's keep going. Uh, New Living Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven. You are partners. We're partners with those who are called to heaven. Think carefully about this Jesus whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. Now, passion. And so, dear brothers and sisters, you who are now made holy, did you know you've been made holy if you are a child of God, you're a son and daughter of God, you're a brother and sister in the family of God? You, walk, you, you drive by some uh, park uh, and, you know, when the, the thing is lifted and you see people having a family reunion, you say, I wonder what that family is. I wonder what that family is like. Think about your heavenly family that you live from while here on the earth and think about the blessings and the benefits and the protection. I mean, just think of the Italian family, the family, right? Well, think of the protection in this family. You think a mob has protection. Think about the family of God. Man, the, the, the Lord will back you up. He'll protect you in every single way and he'll do it in a righteous, holy way. Amen. Uh, Passion Translation. And so, dear brothers and sisters, you are now made holy, and each of you is invited to the feast of your heavenly calling. So fasten your thoughts onto Jesus. Fasten your thoughts onto Jesus, who we embrace as our apostle and king priest. I love that picture, that word picture. Fasten your thoughts onto Jesus. Now listen, if you had a horse and you wanted to take that horse, and you wanted to take, say, like, take this um, pack of stuff that's really heavy, say, like, an 80-pound bag, you had to move it uh, in your yard, and you happen to have a horse instead of a, a tractor or something like that, an 80-pound bag of, like, mortar or cement, those things are heavy, especially if you're my size, right? And so I'm going to, like, fasten that onto the horse. I don't want it to get loose, so I'm going to make sure I tie it on good, and I really attach it to that horse. I'm not just going to sit it on that horse. I saw a, a YouTube video, uh, I think yesterday, uh, my uh, daughter and wife were watching some horse, funny horse videos, and they like put this hat on top of a horse's head, a cowboy hat on the horse's head, and his ears went down, and he's got this hat on his head, but as soon as his ears perked up, boop, that hat flew off. It was not fastened to his head, right? So he said, fasten your thoughts onto Jesus. Fasten your thoughts onto Jesus. Attach your thoughts to Jesus. Attach your thoughts to Jesus. Cotton Patch says, So then committed brothers, partners in the spiritual assignment, give careful consideration to Jesus, the founder 
and leader of our movement, for he was loyal to the one who appointed him. NTMS translation, Therefore, holy brethren, sharers with others in a heavenly invitation, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whose followers we profess to be. And finally, the basic uh, Bible translation, For this reason, holy brothers, marked out to have a part in heaven. You like that? You're marked out. We are marked out to have a part in heaven. Marked out to have a part in heaven. Give thought to Jesus, the representative and high priest of our faith. The representative and high priest of our faith. Now, I want to give you uh, some definitions of the word consider. Consider Jesus, right? Uh, attach your thoughts to Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. I'm going to give you just some English uh, translations, and then we're going to go to the original word. Because I think as we get a greater understanding and a larger vision of considering Him and fixing our thoughts on Him, uh, it'll, it'll really bless us and open up to us a greater understanding from the Word of God. Uh, Oxford English translation or dictionary rather says it means to view, contemplate attentively, to survey, examine, inspect, and scrutinize. To look attentively sounds like what we've been studying, right? Look attentively, to contemplate mentally, fix the mind upon, think over, meditate, or reflect on, bestow attentive thought upon. In other words, give attentive thought to this. Think about this. Think about this, right? Give heed to it. Take note of it. Think, reflect, take note, think deliberately. Bethink oneself, reflect, to estimate, to reckon, or to judge. In other words, estimate Jesus, reckon Jesus, judge. In other words, judge who he is and what he has. Right, And um, I'm going to give you the context for that in just a second. I don't want to jump ahead of myself, which sometimes I do. Take into practical consideration and regard to show consideration or regard for, regard, make allowance for. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes we make allowance for the things of the flesh when Paul actually said, make no allowance for the things of the flesh. And sometimes we do exactly the opposite. Why is that? Uh, well, the reason Paul said it was because maybe we would have a tendency to do it if we didn't have the Word of God to lift us from that situation and give us stability, lift us from that sinking sand. On Jesus Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. If you're going to try to stand solid on the works of your flesh, on the reasonings that your natural mind can come up with, uh, that is sinking sand, my friend. That is sinking sand, but Jesus' word is a solid rock. It is a pathway that you can walk through the waves of the sea upon and not sink, and not sink. To hold in or treat with consideration or regard, to think much of highly, to esteem or to respect, to consider uh, and think attentively on, and uh, to take into account or to place before yourself, right? To place before yourself. So we place before us Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our confession, of our great confession, Jesus, uh, the high priest. Amen.
All right, let's begin with Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. And uh, I'm going to read in the um, CSB translation. CSB. Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1. This is my son Isaac's favorite translation. Christian Standard Bible. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature. Sustaining all things by his powerful word, after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. All right, while I'm reading this, what are we doing? We are considering Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. The apostle and high priest of our confession. Verse 4. So he became superior to the angels, just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did he ever say, You're my son, today I have become your father? Or again, uh, I will be his father and he'll be my son. Again, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, And let all God's angels worship him. And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants a fiery flame. But to the sun, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. Let, let me pause right there and I'll pick that back up in verse 8 in just a second. You know, Paul, when he's writing this, uh, he's writing to the Hebrews. And when he's writing to the Hebrews, you know, they would set certain things uh, above uh, others. And so they put the voice of the prophets on a very high pedestal. And so he said, God, who in the former times spoke unto us by the prophets, has now spoken to us by his son. Right. So now he's saying the son is greater than the prophets. And then he's saying uh, about angels like these angels are messengers. And sometimes you'd hear of a message coming by angels. Uh, messages sometimes still come by angels. OK, but we have written in the word several examples of messages coming by angels. And so he's saying this is more sure than the word or message that comes from angels. And then where he's going to go is he's going to go. He's saying this is even more sure than a word that came through Moses. Well, you say, well, wh why is that? Well, the rabbis, they all agree that Moses was considered higher than the angels. And as we're going to read here in a second, we'll, we'll find out that man even is considered higher than the angels. A lot of people don't know that. And um, uh, um, praise the Lord. People say things, you, you think you, you sound like them, you know, but I'm not trying to sound like somebody. That's just what I'm saying, right? Uh, and so the angels... Jesus is higher than the angels, and then he's establishing that Jesus is even higher than Moses. Now, to the Western mind, you might be like, no, of course he is. Uh, but Moses was different. Moses was different than any other prophet, any other man or woman of God. And the reason that Moses was different is the Bible says that God spoke to Moses face to face. Face to face. That God spoke to Moses face to face. And because of that, they gave what Moses said, and Moses was given the law from God, they gave it higher credence than any prophet that had ever lived. And so 
the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul here is establishing Jesus and that we are to consider Jesus. You may have considered the prophets, you may have, but those are those that Jesus said, they all spoke of me. You may have considered Moses, but Moses was a keeper in, uh, he was a servant of the house, um, and he, he was a keeper in the house, but Jesus said, I am the builder of the house. And he said, you know, uh, the builder is greater than the servant, the builder of the house. And then the angels, you may have considered what angels have said, uh, but he is so much greater than angels, right? Okay, so now that we have uh, a little more context, verse 8. But to the Son, he said, Your throne, O God, is forever and forever, and the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy above your companions. Right? If, you, if you're in a room with Jesus, if you're conscious of Jesus in the room, you would be conscious of joy in the room. Right? Jesus, you, you show up where Jesus is at, you'll be like, that is one happy man. That man is full of joy. He has joy in the midst. All, uh, people are talking about him. Uh, the, the priest, the, the godly, quote unquote, the earthly godly, I like to call them the religious people, oh, they don't like him. But he doesn't bother him. He's full of joy. He is full of joy. Do you know laughter is like a medicine and laughter will heal you? When you're, you have the laugh of faith, man, the laugh of faith will set you free. Uh, there's a guy, and I don't recall his name right now, but uh, he got this, uh, this virus called the coronavirus, uh, also called COVID-19. And um, he's got this virus. He's sick with this virus. And uh, he was listening to a minister, uh, my pastor, by the name of Mark Hankins. And while he's listening to Mark Hankins, he, he, he just started to laugh. He said, I'm going to laugh like he, like he taught me to laugh. So he began laughing and laughing and laughing. And he laughed so much that that COVID-19 left him, miraculously left him. He was set free by a laugh of faith. He was set free by a laugh of faith. Actually, uh, I wish I could remember his name because uh, uh, he, he knows the vice president. And he told the vice president, this is wonderful. This whole thing left me. He said, how did it happen? He said, I was listening to Mark Hankins and I began to laugh and laugh and laugh. And I was completely delivered and completely set free by a laugh of faith. Right. And so praise the Lord. The message of faith is going even up into the vice president, the White House, all that. You know, uh, that's the only thing that will really set the world free is faith in Jesus Christ. If we look to Jesus and faith itself is actually choosing to look to Jesus rather than anything else. Right. And so I'm not going to look to my feelings. I'm not going to look to what my natural body looks like, like Abraham and Sarah. They looked at their natural body in Romans chapter four over in uh, Genesis. They looked to their natural body and they said, we are not able to have children, but they judged him faithful who had promised. And because they judged him faithful who had promised, when you do that, you actually have an act of faith that rises you from the muck and from the mire and lifts you above those circumstances, lifts you above those things that would try to entrap you and encompass you and, 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 and surround you. 
and you'll get right through to the very presence of God where there is health, where there is healing, where there is provision, where there is freedom, where there is strength. And that is what? You consider Jesus the apostle, the one sent from God who went on before us and blazed a path so we could walk on that path and we could run on that path, the race that is set before us. And he ran the race set before him for the joy that was set before him, which was you and which was me. He had the oil of joy above everything else because he knew while I'm down here running this race I'm doing it for you he did it for you because he set his love upon you and he set his love upon me and he set his love upon the world John 3 16 for God so loved the world listen to me this is how much he loved the world that is not the things of the world or the things on the earth but the people of the world every nation every people group on this earth he loved so much that he gave his only son he didn't have another one he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life or the very same life that God lives from that we would have that life and in Jesus we get access to that kind of life in Jesus when we receive him accept him and take all that he is when we make him the Lord of our life because we know what God did in him on that cross when we accept him we come into the very family of God and we have access to everything that God is and that God has. We are children, sons and daughters of the King of Kings, uh, of God Himself and His Son, Jesus, is our Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus, for the joy set before Him, endured the cross, holding in low regard that shame. He knew it was a place of shame. But he said, you know what? That joy of that person, you right there watching this right now, your joy, the joy of you coming into fullness of life. Jesus said, I have come, John 10, 10, that you would have abundant life or real life or life that overflows, the too much life, that, that you'd have a life source on the inside of you that satisfies so much that you're like how can it be this good how can it be so wonderful that when you go to bed at night you have to rub your face so you before you fall asleep because you're so thankful and so happy you've been grinning so much because of the life of God on the inside of you Jesus said in the first half of that verse in John 10 10 he said it is the devil who has come to steal and to kill and to destroy but I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Anybody, I mean, with modern technology, you know, I like uh, Pastor Mark's uh, father used to pastor in a small town, I think, called West Columbia, Texas. They used to have one traffic light. I've never been there, so I don't know if they've added a second one or not. But his dad used to say, you can get to anywhere in the world from this traffic light right here. You can get to anywhere in the world. Well, I'm telling you, wherever you are in the world, anybody could get to this message that we're teaching you and preaching and ministering to you right now. But you know what? You are the one who is listening. You 
are the one who is watching. You are the one who God is speaking to. Aren't we blessed? Look at the word, his word that he delivers into our hearts. His word that he delivers into our hearts. Pay attention with your heart to what God's word is saying. If you receive that word in your heart, it will produce in your life. I think the plan of God is the most awesome plan ever conceived and ever, ever delivered. Why? Because the plan of God is not to come and to grab us from our flesh. The plan of God is not to come and to grab us from natural human reasoning. But the plan of God is to get us at the core of who we really are, the real us, which is our spirits. Because God's a spirit. He doesn't give us uh, just, just an outward flesh knowledge of himself. He doesn't give us just an, a mental reasoning understanding of himself. But he gave us his very own spirit, the most intimate part of himself. He has delivered to us. And the way he delivers his spirit to us is by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And when we receive through our believing in our heart, the power of that blood shed on the cross, that on that cross, His blood took away from us our sins, our pattern of sin, every bit of evil that was in us or upon us. He took on the cross. He took that on the cross. And He took that, and then He took it to the grave, and He paid the price for your sins and my sins, for your failings and my failings, and He paid the price so that we could come, so that when we come to God, if, if I take what Jesus did, if I look to Him on the cross, and I take what He did, and I understand and realize, and I fix it to myself, right? I see it. I allow it to enter my innermost being and to come into my heart and affect me at the core of my being. When I do that, and then I say, you know what? I see that God did that. I see that He did that in Jesus. And He didn't do it in Jesus for Jesus. That what He did in Jesus, He did because Jesus was thinking of me. Because God Himself was thinking of me. That He set a plan into motion that the devil uh, was confounded by. The devil could not figure out. In fact, the Bible says if the devil could have figured out, if he knew what would have happened when Jesus was crucified, that he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. And the Bible calls Christ in us the hope of glory. And when we enter into that by faith, because we believe in the, in the us of us, like the who we really are part of our being, when we believe that, that's what happened and we say okay yes God I believe that I personally believe that and when we say that you notice when I said that even now like a a, 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 a cloud went out or a presence went out and it's called an anointing went out right that in other words there was some substance spiritual substance that you could actually touch spiritually like I could touch this watch tangibly, naturally, fleshly. I could touch that spiritually, right? And so when we receive Him like that, and we say, you know what, God? I do believe that. And I take Him as my Lord and as my Savior. The second you do that, 
That is an act of faith. Or in other words, that is an act uh, that demonstrates your trust in God more than your trust in yourself. More than your trust in all of the ideas that uh, float around in the world. Or all of the ideas like, let me figure this out and let me figure out what's the purpose of life and what's, what's this and what's that and how come, well, maybe man is here because of that. No, no, I am here to you, uh, with you today declaring to you the purpose of life. And the purpose of life is for you to become a part of the family of God. And once you're a part of the family of God, you actually carry God with you on the inside of you, His very Spirit, and He will give you words to speak that don't come from the earth, but come from heaven. And when you speak those words, you speak His life into whatever situation you're declaring those words upon and into. And you declare those words and you get those words from reading His words while opening your heart to His Spirit. And when you do that, He will open up His Word to you. The entrance of His words will give you light, and that light that He gives you will cause you to be able to see in life the, the pitfalls and the stumbling stones that are laid before you, for when the light shines, you'll be able to walk and pass every misstep and bypass every hindrance and every trouble. The things will still be in the path, but by faith you actually conquer and more than conquer them, you go over them. And so even if the devil puts something in your path or people put something in your path, you do not have to be uh, misdirected or misguided by those things that are in the path, but you just latch hold of what God has said in His Word by faith, and you speak to that mountain that's in your path, and you say, get up and get out of here in the name of Jesus, and you believe that what you say comes to pass, that mountain has to move. That mountain needs to hear your voice, and when that mountain hears your voice that was birthed from the very heart of God, from His Word that He showed you, that mountain will move. That mountain will not stay. That mountain that looks so enormous and so big and so impossible to cross, that mountain will be cast into the sea. It'll no longer uh, be hindering you, but you'll go right through. Whether you tunnel through, whatever happens, that mountain's removed and you go to the other side. Hallelujah. The Word of God is your deliverance. Jesus actually said in John chapter 8, And you shall know the truth or the Word. He said, You continue in my Word, you be my disciples. In other words, so we are continually feeding upon the Word of God. Why do I say feeding instead of reading? I say feeding instead of reading because your body needs natural food in order to survive. Well, your spirit also needs to be fed the very words of God. And when you feed your spirit the Word of God by 
by meditating in the Word of God and fixing your gaze upon that Word, just like you fix your gaze upon the sun. How do you fix your gaze on Jesus? You fix your gaze on the Word because He is the very essence of the Father. He is the very essence of the Word. In the beginning, John chapter 1 was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we fix our gaze on Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, the apostle and high priest of our confession. And Jesus is the answer for every situation and for every problem that, would li that life would try to bring you. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. What is the priest? The priest is uh, literally, the word for high priest means a bridge builder. So Jesus is the bridge builder for our faith. Why do we need a bridge builder? Because let me tell you, without Jesus, you cannot get to God. There is a chasm so wide and so deep, no man could cross it. In fact, naturally speaking, it is impossible. You cannot build a natural ladder to heaven, but you have a bridge to heaven, and His name is Jesus. He is the high priest. He's the one that goes, and He takes what what I say and brings it to God and he takes what God says and he brings it back to me. He is the ultimate bridge builder. You want to see some awesome bridge building? Look at Jesus. Jesus is the bridge to God. He builds a bridge between men and women, boys and girls and God himself and on that bridge there is a whole load of blessing that God sends your way through the bridge and the, that bridge brings us to him and brings him to us. Glory to God, we got a bridge. We got a bridge. Somebody said, Lord willing in the creek don't rise. Let me tell you, if the creek rises, we got a bridge over the creek, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Thank God for Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, uh, to close out here, I just got a few things that I wrote down, and uh, we're going to have to probably continue this next week because I only got like uh, through uh, chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, but what I did is I say, okay, well, what do we, what, Lord, what is it that you want us to come away with today? And that is, consider Jesus. Fix your gaze upon Jesus. Look to Jesus. Well, well, well what are we looking to? Well, let me tell you who we're looking to. Some few things that I wrote down, and I just got these from these verses uh, that we began to read here, and I didn't even get as far as I needed to get, but I'm going to give you a few things. Uh, number one, Jesus is the heir of all things. Number two, God made the world by Jesus. Number three, Jesus is the brightness of the glory of God. Number four, He is the express image of the person of God. Number five, He upholds all things by the word of His power. Number six, by Himself or Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, right? By Himself, He purged our sins from us. In other words, He removed them. They are gone. Uh, we got this little uh, creek on our property. Uh, whatever I call it. It's like a rainy creek, maybe. In other words, sometimes if it gets really dry at the end of the year, it's no longer a creek. So maybe it's a little trickle. And, um, but this creak, you know, we got like a clay, clayish stuff, and it can get mucky. 
So if you go in that little creek and you stir it up, it, it gets really all cloudy and you can't see it clear. And it's not nearly, I don't think, as beautiful, at least not to me. And so, but if you let that water continue to flow after about 60 to 120 seconds, maybe three minutes at the most, that that cloudy creek will become pure and clean again. And, and you see nothing of that, of that, because why? That was all washed away. It was all washed downstream. It was all filtered out by the rocks and the leaves that are downstream, so that then even later, it's not showing up on anything else. He purged our sins from us. He took them out of us. Uh, literally, He redeemed us. He redeemed us. Verse, uh, uh, well, I don't know where I'm at now because I didn't put numbers on it. Okay, I think it's number seven. He's seated at the right hand of majesty on high after he purged our sins from us. Then he sat down, kind of like, hmm, I finished with the job, now let me sit, right? In other words, God's not like working on you like you think he's working on you. His word will produce in you what it says when you receive the word but he has finished the job and he is he is like okay i set you up now listen to my spirit receive my word and and you'll have heaven on earth not just heaven in heaven but you'll have heaven on earth uh Again, number eight, he's so much better than the angels. Uh, number nine, he obtained an inheritance because he had a more excellent name. Or by inheritance, he obtained a more excellent name than the angels. So his, his, he's better than the angels. Not only that, his name is better than the angels. Uh, number nine, I think it is. God called him his son this day I have begotten you. In other words, he is the very son of God. Uh, number 10, the angels worship him. Number 11, he is the first begotten from among the dead. Uh, number 12, his, his kingdom's scepter. In other words, the rod of authority in his kingdom is a rod of righteousness and a rod of justice. Amen. When you come to Jesus, you're coming to righteousness. In other words, he's going to do what's right. You're coming to justice. He's going to do what's just. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that good when you live in a world where sometimes there's a whole lot of unrighteousness and there's a whole lot of un injustice? Well, he is justice and he is righteousness. Hallelujah. What do they call that? Is that called like the justice movement or there's some, there's some word or whatever? That is a, that is a, um, a uh, earthly... Um, natural way to try to get to true righteousness and true justice and it will never uh, it'll, it'll, it'll never do it it'll never accomplish what the thing that those people's heart is crying for it will never accomplish it the only thing that will accomplish the cry uh, that will fulfill and meet the heart's cry of mankind that we stop all prejudice and that we stop all um, favoritism, and all, all of those things. The only thing is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel puts men and women on equal ground. There is neither male nor female. The gospel puts slave and free on the same ground. There is neither slave nor free. The gospel puts every race, every tongue, every tribe on the same ground. The same Lord died for every man and every woman of every color and every gender in Jesus' name. 
Amen. It is the gospel. We are gospel people, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to him that believes. Well, I don't have time to go through the rest of these, but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is the power of God unto salvation to him or her that what? Believes. You must believe in the gospel. If you do not believe in the gospel, you cannot come into the family of God because the family of God is a spiritual family. And spiritually, you, 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 from your heart, that's your heart, uh, the center of your being, that is where you make a decision for God. Have you decided to follow Jesus with no thought of turning back? In other words, uh, you know, if nobody goes with me, still I'm going to follow. Still, I'm going to follow. I like Joan of Arc when she was crossing that bridge to go against the enemy. And they're like, all these men said, oh, you're just a woman. Nobody's going to follow you. And she said, well, I won't be looking back to see who's coming or not coming. I am going, right? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Oh, uh, the cross before me, the world behind me, right? I have decided to follow Jesus. So I want to ask you today, have you decided to follow Jesus? You say, what about this person, that person? I'm not talking about this person or that person. I'm not talking about your aunt or your uncle. I am talking about you. You have to make a decision. Everyone has to make a decision. I can't make a decision for my children. I thank God they have already made decisions to follow Jesus, but I couldn't make that decision for them. I can tell them about the word, but every individual has to make their own choice. Every individual has to decide for themselves. Sometimes what happens is Hebrews 12 talks about it and Hebrews 12, 15 talks about a root of bitterness springing up to trouble you. A root of bitterness springing up to trouble you lest anyone would fail to receive the grace of God. Don't let a root of bitterness spring up in you and keep you from the things of God. The Bible says that the life of God, this right standing with God, will be imputed or given to you if you believe on Him that raised up Jesus from the dead. He was delivered for our offenses or our sins. He was raised again so that we could be right with God. He was raised so you could be right with God. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, or maybe you did, you, you, you prayed a prayer a long time ago, but you don't, you're not even sure if you're unsure. Well, if you're not sure, you need to be sure, and you can be sure. The Bible says, know that you have eternal life. And so you can know today that you have the very life of God, that if you were to pass away from this earth, you will spend eternity in heaven. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for the believer. So you can know right now today, don't believe the lie from the pit of hell. Well, you can't actually know. I guess I'll find out when I get to heaven. No, it's too late to find out then. You can know and you can know right now that Jesus is Lord and master of your life. And then you can live under the blessing and the protection of his power and of his presence. If you'd like to receive Jesus right now, I want you to just raise your hand on the, if you're watching on the church online app. 
If, if not, I just want you, and even if you are, I want you wherever you're at, if you'd like to receive Jesus, make a decision right now. Three, two, one, decide. Make that decision. Say, yes, I've decided to follow Jesus. And if you've decided to follow Jesus, I want to lead you in a very short prayer. And if you just, uh, in your heart, from the real part of who you are, maybe the part that no one, no one sees and no one knows, the, the real you. Maybe, uh, maybe people think uh, and have told you, well, you're born again. But you know in your heart that you have never come into the family of God. If that's you and you want to pray with me, I want to pray with you. And it is the power of God responding to the words on your lips that come from your heart that will cause God to recreate you. So you just agree with me. Repeat after me. I'm going to pray a prayer from my heart, and I want you to pray it from your heart. And when you do, your life will be forever changed. You'll be born again and a part of the family of God. Let's pray. Say, Oh God, I come to you right now in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that on that cross, he took away my sins. That you forgive me for my sins. And I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. So that I could be right with you. Jesus, I take you right now as my Lord and my Savior. I'm not going to live for myself anymore. I'm going to live for you every day. Father God, I thank you that I am now your child, that I am born again and part of your family. In Jesus' name, amen.